Today, Doc and I are going through some mailbag questions. First mailbag for the season. It's very early, but why the hell not? Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King. You can find me on Twitter or X at AdamKing91. Joined again by Dr. A. You can find him on Twitter or X at Doctora. Uh, Steve, thank you for joining me. Another uh, another week has gone by and we'll, we'll go into some mailbag questions. Uh, how, how have you been traveling the last week? I've been good. Uh, it's weird seeing the blue bird replaced by the black X on Twitter, right? Uh, it is. Yep. Uh, it's strange. Yeah, it's still, it every time I see it, it, it kind of freaks me out, but I'm good with it. it. It Everything appears to be the same. I'm not falling for all this alternate uh, social media sites. I'm not I'm not running somewhere else. No, um, I'm comfortable where I am. <laughs> I'm too yes. old to be moving around that much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm leave happy it there. as it stands. Yeah, I think there was a, a period there where I think people were were trying to find alternatives, but it seems like things have settled down a little bit. Other than the the weird new name, um, as you said, it my, everything looks the same. My kids started school today, um, so I got up at the crack of dawn and fought traffic and took him to school and then i went and worked at the golf course and rode around in a golf cart for four hours yeah got a free lunch and yep. uh, here we are here we are and so you so started started school i always get so you're because it's summer over there so you guys they just finish summer holidays is that how that works First day of school was today, August 1st, yes. And you're, I mean, most people who listen to this are probably in America, I don't know, but your kids over there for their school holidays, it, it's a big summer holidays, isn't it? It's like 12 weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like June, July, June and July pretty much. Okay. Part of May. And then so do they then get other holidays for the rest of the year? I mean, Christmas, obviously they get a bit of a holiday, but... Yeah, it's all this weird stuff now. Like when I was a kid, we started like around Labor Day in September. And um, we only got Christmas break and Thanksgiving break and spring break. But now there's all these extra breaks thrown in there. There's fall break and there's winter break and there's extra days, teaching days here and there, teacher days. Like it's just a lot of weird days. And then they build in some some snow days because if it snows a quarter of an inch in Georgia, we're going to be out of school for a week. So oh. they build that in there. And uh, now in Indiana, if it snowed a foot and a half in one night, we didn't miss any, any days. <laughs> but in Georgia, if it snows a quarter of an inch, you're, you're out for a week. So yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's very different over here because our kids just get set holidays every Every ten weeks, 
So it's they don't get a big block. They get two weeks, then you're back to school for 10 weeks, then two weeks back to school, two weeks back to school, six weeks. So, so you're like, whole, so you're uh, year round school, more yeah. or less. And yeah. we are still traditional summers off and then all these weird breaks. Yeah. Yeah. We, our kids do get a break over summer, but it's only sort of from just before Christmas to the end of January. So they get about five or six weeks. Um, yeah. I often wonder how I'd go with my kids. And I guess that's why summer camp is such a big thing over there. Um, because God, having my kids here for three months at home, I'd go insane. <laughs> yeah. It's not so bad anymore. All my kids are grown up. Like my, only one left here is a, a junior in high school. So he's older and he can kind of take care of himself. I I still have to buy him food <laughs> way more than I prefer. Especially everything's so expensive now. Like it's it's crazy, but and a junior is what four fourteen? Fifteen? Uh, he's sixteen. Sixteen, okay. He he has this year and then one more year of high school and then he's then he's done with high school. We'll see if okay. he goes to college. Yeah, okay. Um all right. Anyway, let's get into the mailbag questions. Uh I sent these through to you. Um all right. So some are gonna be pretty quick, some might warrant a bit of discussion. First one is who are you drafting first? this season for this upcoming season and this is in a redraft league Kawhi Leonard or Paul George uh I'll let you lead this one off who are you (laughs) first there I really don't want either one of them particularly uh but if I'm drafting one of them it's going to be Paul George uh I don't trust Kawhi yep he's given me no reason to trust him over the last five years um Man, I love Kawhi. When he got traded, um, you know, from Indy to the to the Spurs, it, it looked like such a such a big deal. And then the Spurs load managed him and all that, and he's been load managed ever since. And you just can't rely on Kawhi. I'm not going to rely on him this year. He's another year older. I do like his New Balance deal. I like I like the commercials. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not saying I would not draft Kawhi, but I'm probably not going to draft Kawhi. <laughs> so have I would take Paul George. I just pulled up their their early ADPs that we've got. So we've got uh, Paul George at 35, Kawhi Leonard at 37. So both around the turn, the third, fourth round turn there. Um, I th- I'd probably. I'd pro- depends how I was feeling. I think I might go Kawhi just because of his upside. Um, and we saw last season when he did play, he was first round guy. Um, so he can he can be a top ten, top eight player. Paul George, I don't think can, but Paul George is probably a little more assured than than Kawhi. But I mean, both have been pretty bad in terms of injuries the last couple of years. So. I might lean Kawhi just for the upside, but if I was if I was needing a slightly safer pick, I'd probably go Paul George. Yeah, if, it, if it's a head-to-head league and I care about games played, I'm, I'm going Paul George. Mm. Uh, so next one is who are you drafting first? Another another uh, player pick kind of thing. D'Angelo Russell 
or Austin Reeves. And I'll give you their ADPs. Uh, so Austin Reeves' ADP is 106. D'Angelo Russell is 96. So both in that sort of around that 100 range. Uh, it's a That's a tricky one for me. I, th- I think... Uh, I think I I like Reeves. I just just because I think he's a bit of an unknown, but I have a feeling that Reeves may be overdrafted this year. Um, he might end up going too high. D'Angelo Russell, we know exactly what you're going to get with D'Angelo Russell. There are rumours that um, uh, Gabe Vincent could start with D'Angelo Russell coming off the bench which I actually don't mind for D'Angelo Russell because if you've got Russell sharing the court with Reeves, LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, he's, he's what, third, fourth in the offensive pecking order kind of thing. LeBron's going to run the offense. They'll run a little bit through Anthony Davis. Reeves will handle the ball. If Russell's coming off the bench and running that second unit, he could be a sort of a 16-6 and six guy with a couple of threes. So I don't know. I, I don't mind Russell this year as a bit of a – I just think people are going to be soured on him a little bit, so he might there might be a bit of value there. Have you got a preference? I think I like Reeves. I like um, I like what his teammates say about him. I feel like LeBron is a big Reeves guy. I feel like I feel like when LeBron and Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell are missing games, like they can count on Austin Reeves to kind of be the glue to hold everything together. I kind of, I kind of like him. Um, I, I think I like Reeves better than Russell, especially this Gabe Vincent talk mm. is very concerning. LeBron's going to be the guy that has the ball in his hands. Reeves just has to hang out on the perimeter, get the ball, play some defense, do some rebounding. I feel like Reeves is just happy to be here, and he's doing everything he can do to stay in his lane and, and do his thing. And I, I I like Austin Reeves better than Russell at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're talking pick a hundred as well. So you, if if you want Reeves, you just take him this next one. I'm going to let you do because I am not a successful golfer. Three keys to being, and, and you did answer this on Twitter. I know that, but I thought I'd put it on the show anyway, just because I don't know. It's fun to talk about golf. Your three keys to being a successful golfer, fire away. Well, number one is I would argue that I'm not all that successful of a golfer right now. I know I was. Like in 1997, Adam, I was a really good golfer. I had my handicap was like seven. Uh, I was shooting 75, 76. I had a couple hole-in-ones in tournaments that were very important. And I could pretty much hit the ball where I wanted to. Uh, but I took 15 years off when I moved to Georgia and I got fat. I got old. I had a bunch of kids. I didn't play hardly at all. And um, really when COVID hit, I tried to get tried to get back into it. And I, I thought I was just going to step in and be right back where I was, <laughs> where I left off in 1997. But it didn't really work out that way. Um, it's been a long road back. But the, the key... Really, the key is to go out and practice on the range, take some lessons, and not just 
like I just try to get better by going out and playing 18 holes with my friends. And it, it, you just don't get better that way. You just keep repeating the same bad mistakes. So practice on the range is number one, uh, two starting early, which it's too late for a lot of us to do that. But the earlier you start and the better you get when you're young, the better you'll be when you're older. Um, and then I guess three would be play with people you like and uh, don't too, put too much pressure on yourself. And don't you don't have to swing as hard as you can to hit the ball far. You swing within yourself and don't don't try to overdo it. But it's more important to hit a fairway than it is to drive it, you know, 280 yards. Yeah. That's yeah, I th- yeah, look, I the the last one you mentioned there, like, I mean, I play golf, I don't play much, but when I was playing before I had kids, um we were sort of playing every week, every couple of weeks, we'd go away and play just it, it was just me and mates, so probably going against your piece of advice there, we were just repeating the same mistakes. But you do figure out quite quickly that you don't need to swing as hard as possible. You just you let the club do the work. And the harder I swung, the more I sliced it or I hooked it. Whereas if you just control it, you can try and keep it down the fairway. Um, some definitely something I want to get back into though. Golf. I, 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 I played in golf. a big. Tur- I played in a big tournament on Saturday, and I could not hit my driver off the tee box. I just couldn't do it. But we were playing. It was a kind of a scramble format. And for some reason that day, my 50-degree wedge and my 56-degree wedge were just dialed in. So I was throwing these darts from 100 yards out, like right at the flag. Yeah. And we were making putts, and we, we actually finished in the money, and it was it was awesome. We I got points in the league I'm in, and um, it worked out well. And usually – my wedges are not the strong part of my game, but that day they were working. And that's really the thing for somebody who doesn't go out and practice, which I don't. Um, some days my wedges are on fire and some days my driver's on fire. I just never know what's coming. And that that's an uncomfortable feeling when you're standing <laughs> on the tee box. One day they'll both be on fire. and that'll Well, be and then that's when it's all going to come together and I'm going to be <laughs> accused of, of being a sandbagger, so. So, do you guys have uh, in in America? So, there's there's obviously there's golf and there's putt putt golf or mini golf. Do you have pitch and putt over there? Is that a thing? Not so much. Okay, but you know what it is. Not really. That we have par three courses. Um, okay, that's where similar. every shot is with an eight iron to a, some sort of wedge, yep. and they're all par threes. A lot of them are under under the lights, but um, I'm not too familiar with pitch and putt. It's probably it's pretty similar. So it's it's basically a golf course but shrunk down. So all the holes are par three. Um, some of them are only well, I talk in meters, so I don't know what it is <laughs> over there. But some of the holes are are fifty meters or sixty meters. Some are a hundred. So you can reach the green easily in one shot every hole so it's just about practicing your pitching and your putting and there used to be a course i don't know 50 meters 100 meters from my parents place so we used to play that a lot growing up uh and my uncle um 
oh, it would have been 30 years ago. My uncle was actually good enough that he represented Australia um, at that sport. He was, he was very good at golf, um, but got very good at, at pitch and putt and ended up going to some world championships and, and things like that. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so for this season, who are your biggest improvers and biggest regressors? I couldn't find a better word for that. But guys, I think when you look at last season, who has the potential to improve the most and who could just fall sort of way off the radar? Um, I'll let you go with a couple of guys. I don't know that I'm going to go way off the radar, but I feel like Jimmy Butler is a guy that I'm staying away from this season. I feel like he's going to save himself for the playoffs and he's going to miss a bunch of games. He always does. He finished with first round value last season. And I just have a hard time believing that he can do it again this year. I I just feel like we saw glimpses of playoff Jimmy last season. And I think that that is what they're going to build toward this season. I, I think I think Jimmy Butler is a, a tough guy to take in the first two rounds of your fan, fantasy draft. Uh, Brooke Lopez, right there with him. Like, what a year Brooke, Brooke Lopez had. Second yeah. round value. Um, hitting threes, blocking shots, playing so good for, for Milwaukee. Like, I have, I find it hard to believe he's going to do that again. I, I, I don't know his age off the top of my head, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. And then Chris Paul playing alongside Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I just don't don't see how CP3 stays very relevant this season. Those would be my regressors. Yeah, I think I've got I had Chris Paul as well, Brooke Lopez. They're sort of some some obvious ones. Um I think Chris Tapps Porzingis could be another one. Uh just coming into Boston, playing alongside Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, he'll still be really good. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll still be probably a top, top thirty, top twenty-five kind of player. But last season, uh, he was borderline first round, and I just don't think that he'll be required to do as much as he was in Washington. So I think, I think he's a guy that you probably don't want to target in the second round if possible. Um, in terms of risers or, or players that I think can come up, Walker Kessler is an obvious one. Uh, if you base it purely on end of season rank last season, he was 50, 50 odd, I think 50, 57th. Uh, he's been drafted in the second round in a lot of leagues, which I think is too high. I don't think he should be drafted in the second round, but I think he could be a top 30 kind of, uh, kind of player this season. Um, and then I had one more, just go through my list here. Who was it? Ah, um, oh, Rudy Gobert, I think. I don't mind drafting him this season. Uh, don't know what his ADP is. Let me have a look. So his ADP is 66. Um, he was 61st last season. I feel like he's going to be better than that. I think the Wolves are, are prime. Well, I hope they've got a bit of a soft spot for the Wolves. I'm hoping the Wolves are prime for a nice season. Anthony Edwards is um, saying all the right things. I think they really want to push for the playoffs hard this season. Um push for a top four. I don't think there'll be a top four, but they would like to get there. So I think Gobert is a guy that if you can get him after pick 60, um, there's 
certainly scope for him to be a top 40 guy again. Um, any players that you like or, or that you're sort of targeting that you think could have bounce back seasons? Well, I did not put Walker Kessler on my list because I knew you would have him on your list. And <laughs> you have sort of become the leader of the Walker Kessler bandwagon, I think. I, I think you might be driving that train, Adam. There's and a few of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good train to drive, man. I, I like him a lot. He was a very surprising rookie. So I, I like that call by you. Um, I'm going Alperin Shengun. Don't ask me if I'm drafting uh, Walker, Kessler, or Shengun because I don't know. But it, I'm, I'm happy with either one of them. Uh, I've been on the Shengun. I've been driving that train for three years now. And I think this is the year it finally comes together. I, I really like Bruce Brown in Indianapolis. I, I think that's going to be... I think he's going to play a lot of minutes and do a lot of good things for them. And he's sort of like one of those guys who does a little bit of everything that can help your fantasy team. And then I'm looking for a Chris Middleton back, uh, bounce back. He was 13th round last year. If he's healthy this season, I think Middleton uh, could be like seventh round value. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. I, I think that's probably his floor. He's, Prior to last season, he was a top 50 player for multiple seasons. So um, one guy I'll just get your thoughts on. We So in the, the latest uh, roundtable article that we did, we talked about uh, sleepers, very early sleepers. I had Ben Simmons as my, <laughs> as my sleeper. Uh, and I prefaced that by saying that I might have shot myself in the foot by saying that he was my sleeper. Any hope for him? We've probably discussed it before, but if last round, if Ben Simmons is sitting there and I'm okay with the free throw issue, I'd be jumping on him um, quite quickly. But are you feeling the same or probably not? Well, I mean, it's if you're talking last round, last pick of the draft, like your last pick, I, I don't have any problem with that at all. Um, am I going to do it? Probably not. I all you have to do is watch that documentary about Ben Simmons. And you yeah. could tell that once he became the number one pick and once he got paid, he just didn't seem to care about too much else. And mm. it's been that way throughout his whole career. Like get the can you get this guy on the court to play basketball? And it's been very difficult to do that. And so there's a huge difference between taking the defensive player of the year and the rookie of the year in the third or fourth round, as opposed to taking Ben Simmons in the last round of your draft this year. Like mm. there's no risk with a last round pick because there's 12 guys on waivers. You can drop him for at yeah. any time and feel good about it. So last round pick for Ben Simmons, I'm all in, but I'm not um I'm not targeting Ben Simmons anywhere. No, he's his ADP's one thirty seven, so he is in that last round or well, twelfth round if that's how deep you're going. So yeah, look, I, I probably do buy into the hype a little little too much at times, and maybe I'm doing that again with the workout videos and the stories about him being healthy, but 
I hope for his sake that that he is healthy and both physically and mentally and, and ready to get back out there and and do what we know he can do. Um, so I'll, I'm going to take this one. You've already f- you flagged this with me <laughs> before the show. Talk through the advantage of the third round reversal in snake drafts and the perceived disadvantage to the top half teams with the reversal. So very wordy, but I this came from um, Styles of Beyond, who's doing some. Um, uh, writing for us at FBI. Uh, he's writing weekly articles for us. And I, I clarified this with him last night. For me, it's it's as simple as looking at the numbers. Um, in a, If you look at the numbers in a standard 12-team draft um, without, a, without a third round reversal, so obviously that means you're getting the first pick, the 24th pick, and the 25th pick as opposed to the first pick, the 24th pick, and the 36th pick in a in a reversal. And if you just look at fantasy numbers and, and obviously ranks and values, they're very subjective and it is dependent on what stats you need. So it's not as simple as just looking at the numbers. But usually the top players, Jokic, Embiid, um, last year it was Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, Anthony Davis, on per-game basis, the difference between those guys and even those at the bottom of the first round is pretty significant. Um, and if you then extrapolate that across the whole 100 players, 150 players, and Josh Lloyd talks about this a lot when he digs into numbers, the the top guys are so much better than your even your second-round players. The difference between like a Jokic and a Jaron Jackson, if I look at just value on Basketball Monster, it's 0.35 is the difference between Jokic and Jaron Jackson. So that's the first-ranked player and the 13th-ranked player. 0.35, the difference then from Jaron Jackson is if you sort of take that same difference down to Drew Holiday, who's the 38th-ranked player. So that's two rounds of value. And to then get another 0.35 difference, you're looking at like the 100th ranked player. So those top players are so elite that if you don't do a third round reversal, whoever's got the first pick is going to get a really valuable pick at, at pick 25. The difference between 25 and 36 is significant enough that it actually impacts the value of your team. In a standard league... I don't think it's essential. I don't think you need to do a third round reversal. But if you're running a 20 deep or a 30 deep league, you absolutely have to do it uh, because the difference, uh, we just stretch out basically what I said, the difference between Jokic and say he's the first ranked player, someone's then drafting the 30th ranked player, the difference is 0.66. And then the difference between the 30th ranked player getting down 0.66 is it's massive. Like it's off the chart. So if you're getting the 30th pick in a 30 deep league, you have to get the 61st pick um, rather than the 91st pick because the difference between 60 and, and 90, it's quite significant. And so if you, I mean, any dynasty league that I'm in, I love to get an early pick, top five, if possible. Um, if you get sort of 20, 
22, you're sort of stuck in no man's land a bit. And then if you get pick 30, you're, re you're really struggling in terms of that top-end talent. So you need to load your team up with serviceable guys that are going to play, that are going to have value. So for me, I think, as a simply put, 12 team, if you want to do it, do it. Deep leagues, you have to do it. Um, there's no way around it, I don't think. Well, and that's sort of what we talked about earlier. Like, I think the time you want to reverse that third round is when you're in a 20 or 30 team league. Yeah. If you're in a 12 team league, you get the number one pick and then you don't pick again until 24. You want that 24, 25 combo. Um, and you deserve it. I think so in a 12 team league, I don't want to see a third round reversal. I want, I want to be able to pick where I'm supposed to pick. And snake drafts has always been set up throughout history, which I'm basically part of this history because I've been doing this forever since we started this. Um, you want that 24, 25 or that 23, 26 or whatever it may be. Uh, but if you're in a 30 team league, the weight for it to get back to 30, 31 is so long you almost have to reverse it or that guy that had that third round pick is going to pick six, you know, yeah, what 180 or whatever it is, 120. It's too far. It's too much. So reverse it in a deep league, leave it alone in a regular league. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think I've played in a lot of 12-team leagues where we haven't reversed it. No one's really complained. Um, once you get to 16, 18 teams, then you start considering it, I think. Um, so the next one here, I mean, we're not we're not sort of in with the Atlanta um, front office here, but will Capella retain the starting job over Okongwu this season? Do you see a path for them to play together or will they essentially split the centre minutes, which is sort of what they were doing down the stretch last season? Um, I've, I mean, I'm very high on a Kongwu. I've let that be known. Uh, I'd love to see him starting. But what have you got any thoughts on, on what might happen in Atlanta this year? You know, I, I wrote the Clint Capella player outlook for the draft guide for Rotowire like two days ago. And I, I said the same thing, like, is a Kongwu going to challenge Capella to start? Whether or not Capella or a Kongwu starts, it still feels like they're going to split time, and it's going to be a timeshare either way. Um, I like a Kongwu's upside. Uh, it would not surprise me if Capella starts all year. It would not surprise me if the Kongwu won the, won the starting job. So um, either way, I think it's going to be a minute split. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to come down to who's healthier and who's who's available to play. But um, there's so many interesting questions about the Hawks, and this is one of them for sure. Uh, I'm probably going to draft a Kongwu before I draft Capella this year. Yeah, I just pulled up their ADPs. They're very similar, actually. Okongwu's going at 87, Capella at 91. Um, that sort of feels about right, I think, in a minute split. And I, I don't see a way for them to play together. I don't know if you think differently, but I, I don't think they can share the floor. Um, 
So we basically need for, for a Kongru to get that starting job and to get 30 minutes, 32 minutes, we either need a trade or an injury to Capella. I, I don't, as long as Capella's healthy, I don't really see a Kongwu establishing himself as a 30-minute guy while Capella plays 18 minutes. I just don't think they'll do that. No, it, it's going to be 28-26, something like that. And the the interesting uh, caveat here is that John Collins is gone. Mm. So there is a road to them playing together. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. So there's there's a lot of interesting dynamics to that to that timeshare. Um, they could play minutes together this year. I mean, the Hawks could say we're going to put our twin towers out there and see what happens. You know, you yeah, could, look, uh, put the twin towers out there with Dejounte and Trey. I mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they won't. Yeah, they they could share the floor. I just don't know how successful it'll be in the modern NBA with no floor spacing. But we'll see. We we don't know. Um, some analysts expect a regression for Shea this year in percentages and defensive stats. How do you see him this for this upcoming season and moving forward? So there has been discussion, and this was a a pretty relevant topic on Twitter actually, maybe last week. Uh, around uh, Shea was the third-ranked player last season. Yes, he was third-ranked player in per game. And people are now drafting him at three in a lot of drafts, three or four. Do you still see him as a top top four, top three player, or would you be more comfortable taking him sort of top six, top seven? I know there's not a massive difference, but do you think with Chet there, um, we do see his defensive stats, blocks, uh, especially, do you think they come back a little bit? I mean, his blocks should come back. I mean, he's a he's a guard. He, he's not a shot blocker, uh, but he blocked shots last year. Uh, out of if you give me a list of twenty guys in the NBA that I'm worried about this year, SGA is probably near the bottom of that list. As long as he stays healthy, he's good to go. Like, if you want to draft him third, draft him third. If you want to draft him six, draft him six. I, I don't. I, I don't see it. And he's he's coming into his prime. He he's progressing. He's not regressing. I I don't see a regression to the mean for SGA. I just don't see it. Um, maybe some of his stats take a little bit of a hit, but. To me, the Thunder are all in now. They're like, we got Chet, we got SGA, we got Giddy. We're ready to roll. Like we, this is what we tanked for five years for. They're going all in, and the the driver of that bus is SGA. Mm. I think he's going to be a beast. Yeah, I think the concern, like the blocks, you said they may come back a little bit. Um, percentages are probably where we saw a, a huge increase. So I'm just looking at his career stats here. He was, before last year, he was basically an 80%, 80 to 81% shooter from the free throw line. Uh, last year, he went up to over 90, uh, so 90.5% on almost 11 attempts per game. So that was a huge increase. Um, simply looking at 
numbers and X ranks and everything here. His free throw percentage value prior to last season was 0 0.11, 0 0.16, 0 0.09, and 0 0.22. Last year it was three. So it actually went up, oh, what's that, 15, like 15 times what it had ever been in the past. So that I think might be a little bit of a concern for players, uh, for, for managers, but I don't know. I think once you're a 90% shooter, you can probably hover around that area. Are you worried that his free throw percentage will come back at all? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, he, he did it for the whole year last year. He shot 90% yeah. from line all year. Why he can't do that again this year, I don't know. Um, maybe he becomes a poor free throw shooter, but I don't know how adding Chet Holmgren yeah. to your arsenal makes you a bad free throw shooter. I, I just don't see him dropping off there. I don't see Chet Holmgren coming out and scoring, you know, 27 points a game. He's not going to – I I still think SGA, whenever he plays, he's going to be the best player on the court. I'm, I'm, I'm really not worried about him at all. In a 12-team – Keeper league, so a keeper league for for anyone that doesn't know is it's not a dynasty league. It's just a league where you keep players for a certain amount of time. So I'm in a keeper league. My home league is a, a three year keeper league uh, where we we draft. The next year we keep one player from our roster. The next year we keep two. The next year we keep three. Then we reset. In a in a Yahoo nine cat head head keeper league, how early would you draft Victor? So if you were in a keeper league. Would you draft? You're sort of looking three years into the future. I know in Dynasty, uh, Victor is a sort of a consensus top three player. But where do you see him in three years? Like, would you take him? He's currently going at uh, ADP. He's going at around 25. Would you think in a three-year keeper league where you've got him for three years, would you be comfortable taking him inside the first round or not? Well, it's a keeper league, so we don't know who else is available, right? Mm. Because everybody's keeping two or three guys. And so by the time you pick at number 13, uh, SGA is gone. Tyrese Halberton, gone. Steph Curry, gone. All these guys are gone. Yeah. So at that point, I'm I'm looking at Wembenyama because you're going to be able to keep him for three years at least. In some leagues, it's a keeper league indefinitely. Like you can keep him forever. Yeah. Um, you can only keep three guys, but you can keep him forever if you want to. I am I'm not buying into this. Wembenyama is going to be a total bust. I saw something on <coughs> something on X slash Twitter where Bull Bull is more talented than Victor Wembanyama, I'm not buying any of that. Uh, I'm drafting Wembanyama as high as I need to draft him. I'm not really worried about it. If I can keep him for three years, I'm going to go get him where I can. If that's at pick number nine or ten, I'm doing it. Yep. Yeah, look, I think that's I think that's valid. I mean, we know this year obviously the Spurs aren't going to compete. Probably next year they won't either. But in three years' time, that 
he will he'll have three seasons under his belt. He could easily be a first round guy by then. Um, and do we do we know that the Spurs are not going to compete this year? Uh, we don't know that. I'm just assuming that. <laughs> I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I feel like Wembenyama has been so like the hype train built up so high. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now everybody's like, oh, he's not gonna be that good. I don't know, man. I mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not putting anything past the kid. I wish he was bigger, I wish he was bulkier, I wish he was stronger. But I don't think he thinks of himself as fragile. I think we all think of him as fragile. And I don't know, man. I, I think Wimbenyama is gonna I think he's gonna live up to the hype. Yeah, I'm not. I, 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 after summer league, I've got no concerns about the, the whole bus thing to me. There, that's not just watching him on the court. You can tell he's really good, and he's going to be. He'll be fine. I mean, um, the the key is is Popovich going to let him play? Yeah, and it, are they going to risk their future to run this kid out there and run him into the ground his rookie year? He's probably going to rest a lot, but I don't care. I still think he's going to be a beast. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of it'll come down to because I th- I think the games played cap now is sixty five to win awards, so to win MVP, to win Rookie of the Year, those awards you have to play sixty five games. So I guess the Spurs that's a lot might, of games. Yeah, if he plays sixty five this year, he'll be. I, I think he'll be a top. Like if you're drafting him at twenty five, twenty six, I think he'll probably return value. Um, if he plays 65 games. If he plays 65, he's going to win rookie rookie of the year, and the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. Oh, well, all right. Well, I'll, we'll, re- we'll remember that one. There um, you have it. <laughs> write it down, Adam. Uh, what have we got? Next one. How are you factoring in Dame for next year? Um, we obviously don't know with the, the whole trade thing, the Miami request. Uh, it's all a bit messy at the moment, but – whether he's traded or not, is he a clear first round pick for you? And and secondly, if he does get traded, which we're assuming he will at some point, what do you think Portland are going to do this year in in, in real life? Are they are they a team that might push for the playoffs or not? Uh, first of all, he's going to Miami. I think that's that's a done deal. Um, secondly, I think it'll happen before the start of the season. Thirdly, I think he's going to start for them. We're never going to hear from Kyle Lowry again. Um, although Kyle Lowry's not even there, but whatever. Uh, Damian Lillard, I think, is a first-round pick. Don't worry about it. He's Damian Lillard. Dame time. He's going to ball out. I'm really not concerned about him. Uh, as far as what the Blazers have left that whole Jeremy Grant signing was weird. Uh, right before the name <laughs> made his trade request. Now you got Anthony Simons who should theoretically blow up this year. You got Scoot Henderson there should be fun. Shade on sharp. One of the most entertaining players in the NBA to watch. I, I think the Blazers are going to be fun. I don't know how good they're going to be 
in you know real life basketball team, but fantasy, there's a lot to love about the Blazers. But I'm not really worried about Damian Lillard uh, sitting out a chunk of the season or not getting traded. Like I, I think he's going to be playing and starting on opening night, and I think you're going to want him on your team. Yeah, agreed. I think he's a pretty clear. You don't overthink it when it comes to to Lillard. We know what he can do. It doesn't really matter where he is. I think he's a first round guy. And Portland, yeah, I think a little bit like the Rockets last season. Or like I think they'll be fun. They'll be fantasy value. But in terms of real life basketball, I don't sort of see them probably winning more than twenty eight games, thirty games, because um, they are going to be very young. So. Entertaining though, I think. I think uh, a fun team to watch. They're going to be young, but they also have Jeremy Grant and yeah. Yusuf Nurkic. You know, Nurk has been disappointing the last couple of years, but I could see Nurkic having a bounce back season this year, and I could see Jeremy Grant becoming sort of like where he was three years ago, kind of, kind of becoming sort of a beast mode guy. Shade on Sharp could blow up. Simons, we've seen him fill in for Lillard and be very good. Scoot yeah. Henderson can play. Like I'm not ruling the Blazers out. I think if I was a Blazers fan, I'd be kind of psyched about this team. Just because, like you mentioned, the Houston Rockets, like a lot of youth, some decent veterans, like could be a fun team to, to root for this year. Uh, so two questions left. Who who were your rookies last season uh, and how did they go? So rookies you were high on and whether whether they ended up producing. And are there any rookies this season? I mean, obviously, when Manyama we're pretty high on. I know which rookie you're high on because you have him in dynasty leagues. But who who were your rookies last season and, and were they did they sort of turn out to be the players you had hoped? Well, yeah, it was it was Chet Holmgren. For starters, yep. like I thought yep. he was going to be the man, broke his foot or whatever, and, and didn't play, so that was tough. And then Ben Caro, I thought was going to be good, and he was very, he was very good. So those were kind of my two guys last year. This year, it's Victor Wembanyama, obviously. Um, I like Scoot a lot. I kind of high on Brandon Miller, and I also think both of the Thompson twins are going to be kind of fun this year. So I feel like there's there's five rookies that were all taken very high uh, that should all be pretty fun this year. Yeah, I think last season, I mean, yeah, again, I was I was pretty high on Chet, but didn't turn out that way. Um, I, was, I was relatively high on Jalen Williams. I drafted him in a lot of spots. I didn't think he'd be as good as he was, but I did manage to get him on a lot of rosters. Jabari Smith is probably one that I was high on that didn't turn out. Uh, I was I took him in a few spots towards the back end of drafts and he was serviceable, but not great. Percentages were down. I think he'll be a lot better this year. Um, for this season, I mean, you've covered all the obvious guys there. Women Yama, I'm still really high on him. Keontae George would be the other one. I've got I've picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues. Uh, I, I'm hoping that he starts, but I don't know whether he will. Um, but I, I think he showed in, in summer league that he's capable of 
of sort of mixing it with the best out on the court. Um, so pretty high on him. And the last question, at this early stage, which pick do you like? I mean, it depends how many drafts you've done, but which pick do you like to most like most to draft from in the first round? So if you were drafting in a 12-team redraft league, do you want the first pick? Do you want the 12th pick? Do you want the eighth pick? Have you got a preference at the moment? I think I want like five or six. I think I want to be in the middle of every round. Yep. And that gives me plenty of time to think before it comes back to me. Uh, allows me to sometimes get my guys, sometimes reach for my guys. You know, when you're in the middle of the draft, you can sort of look at how many picks it is before it comes back to you. And if you got a guy you like, you can be like, well, if I don't take him now, I'm, n- I'm not going to get him when he comes back. And it allows you to reach a little bit without feeling too stupid. So um, I kind of like the middle of the draft, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Uh, as long as I can get Luca at five, but I think his ADP is three. So maybe I like pick three. I don't know. I want, I want Luca. I still want Luca on my teams. Yeah. I think it depends who you're drafting with. Cause if I was in a draft, I would take Luca at three. Um, but Ooh, people that are listening can't see that. You'll have the to Lucas. explain it. The, the Lucas, shoes. yes, the shoes. I, I just have Lucas shoes behind me, and I, I'm just, I'm, I've been driving the Luca bandwagon way harder than you driving the uh, Walker Kessler yes. bandwagon for for years, a long time, and uh, maybe, maybe this, you know, if I would have been able to get in on the bold predictions round table that you did at the, at the beginning. Uh, I, I would have probably said Luke is going to hit his free throws this year, but even if he doesn't, I don't care. I, I want Luca, but I think there's a lot of leagues. You can get Luca at four and five instead mm-hmm. of three. Um, so if I get Luca at five and then back it up the next round with, you know, the seventh pick of the second round, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, look, I think you can in some leagues. Um, I, much like you, I think I like I like that five six range. To me, there's a pretty clear top six this season. So if you're picking at uh, number six, you're probably going to get one of Embiid, Shea, Luca, Tatum, Halliburton, um, and I'd I'd gladly take any of those guys at pick six. Um, and then I now, wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, would you? How important would it be for you to have the number one pick and get Jokic and be done with it? Uh, I mean, I would like to know how many teams Jokic was on that won their championship last year. I bet it's a lot. It probably would be. It would be a lot. Uh, trying to think if I actually had the first pick in any drafts. I might have, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Jokic is clear number one. I don't think there's you'll get an argument from anyone there. I'd almost, I mean, obviously, if you get if you get Jokic, you're sort of set up for the season. I'd almost prefer not to get him, just to add a bit of uncertainty to the whole thing and a bit of excitement. I think with Jokic, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, I'm not going to say he's boring because he's he really isn't boring, but 
But I don't know. I take let's take Luca at pick four, and if he hits his free throws, he could be the second ranked player. Or let's take Tatum, and he could play eighty two games and be a top five guy, which makes him the second ranked player because he played so many games. It's a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of excitement into it. Um, so I think pick five, six for me is is where we want to be drafting. Um, yeah, I think, you, I, I think if I get the number one pick, I'm not going to be sad, and I'm just going to take Jokic no. and wait for 24 to come around. Um, yeah. But if I if I had a if I had to pick, I think if I knew I was going to get Luca at five, I think I'd want pick five. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and as you said, in a standard redraft, snake draft, um, picking in the middle gives you tw- 12, 13 picks every round to decide on your next pick. You don't have to plan ahead as much. Uh, you don't – I mean, picking back-to-back is can sometimes be advantageous, but I really like picking in the middle and just having a constant – every five minutes I have to make my pick or every mm-hmm. eight minutes or, or however quick your draft is. So. Um, yeah, no, I think we're sort of on the same page there. So that is all the questions for today. Uh, I'll get rid of those questions. Um, no idea what we're going to talk about next week, but we'll be back next week. Uh, any any big plans for you for the next seven days? Uh, my family is pressuring me to drive to Indiana, which is uh, a solid 10 hours my daughter's birthday is happening. She wants to go. Well, they're going to Wrigley Field to see the Cubs and the Braves play. She really wants me there for it. But, man, it's a 10-hour drive there, then a six, a four-hour drive to Chicago, go to the baseball game, four hours drive back to Indiana, and then get up the next day and drive back to Georgia. I'm I'm just not really feeling that. I think I may just stay in Georgia and chill because we yeah. got to go back to Indiana in September for a wedding. This is the wedding shower that all the girls are going to. Uh, okay. They're trying to drag me into that mess. I'm trying to stay right where I am, planted, grounded, seated, um, doing my thing, writing up some road wire draft guide outlooks. Uh, but I don't know. They may convince me to go Thursday at noon. We'll see. I don't know. It is a long drive, 10 hours. It doesn't matter what country you're in. That's a long drive. No, uh, it's a long yeah. drive. I'd be staying at home, but that's That's me. what I'm trying to do, Adam. <laughs> trying. Trying. Uh, and, and look, and you get to play golf then. If no one's, no one's home with you, you can just go and play golf every day. Well, they're all playing golf on Saturday in Indiana. Supposedly it's uh, free. Okay. I don't know. I have okay. free golf here. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing this, this, the rest of the week? Uh, yeah, look, uh, pr- well, working a little bit. Um, I, as I said, I'm, I'm homesick today with a sick daughter as well. Uh, nothing bad, just it's cold here. It's just winter, so... People get sick. Um, I've got a friend visiting from Melbourne um, this weekend. So oh, for those that don't know, Melbourne's about a seven-hour drive from where I am. So I'll be picking him up from the airport on uh, on the weekend and spending a few days with him. So I haven't seen him for a while. So that'll be good. Um, are you guys going to play? Are you guys going to play some golf? <laughs> No, he he's not into golf, I don't think. Um, and he's not even he's not really even into basketball. So 
Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we'll be doing. He used to, he lived here years and years ago. Um, and it'll probably only see him once or twice a year now. So we'll just hang out, probably go see a few people. Um, we might go to a football game or something. Um, Maybe you can go bowling and listen to men at work and eat some. <laughs> what, what are the sandwiches called? <laughs> Vegemite sandwiches. <laughs> eat some Vegemite and uh, yeah, go bowling. I don't know. We usually, actually, we usually, something we will be doing, which my wife disgusts my wife, we we make a, uh, a seafood uh, concoction kind of meal, which just has uh, prawns, mussels, um, tuna, whole, about five different seafoods in a bowl with some spring onions, some mushrooms, a uh, bit of dressing. Uh, it's it's just a, a meal that we really like, but it smells it smells really bad, and my wife hates it. Now, see here, we call that a low country boil. Okay, sounds like you're going to have a low country boil. All right, I'll I'll tell him that we're going to have a low. He won't know what I'm talking about. Down but there I'll tell in, him. The, in the down under, you're going to have a down country boil. Down country boil yes. and for some Vegemite. I have Vegemite every day, so <laughs> I, there's always Vegemite on the menu. <laughs> uh so that'll do it i'll let you uh i'll let you go and i will go and have some lunch uh we will be back next week as i said thanks as always for joining me um finding an hour to jump on the show absolutely uh we will be back next week remember you can check out all of our content at fbi basketball Dot com. Uh, we've got, as I said, uh, Styles of Beyond is he's writing up uh, weekly articles for us. So I've got the roundtable article coming out every week. Uh, you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. We love thumbs ups and subscribe. Oh, yes. go ahead. No, you go. I don't know if this is allowed, but I think my uh, Dr. A's hot list but the my guys column i think is going to be on rotowire um yep. in the next 10 to 14 days so that's yeah. that's that's all that's my big thing i get got cooking oh uh, it's look it's something and you're doing the the and you're doing the player outlooks as well i am um, for for that yes which i've been helping out with those as well oh yeah um yeah, so yeah, give us a thumbs up. Uh, we'll we'll tweet out everything we're doing or X out, whatever we're saying now. Um, <laughs> but until next time, catch you later. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us, and for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com. dot